Hey guys, welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. I just wanted to take one minute out to thank our sponsor, which is Subsumption. Uh, if you came here for alien encounters, government conspiracy, and conspiracy theories, this book is the book for you, and I want to share it with you guys. Uh, it's a story about humanity's pivotal position between two warring alien empires. If you enjoyed Ender's Game, Ready Player One, or Amazon Prime series upload, which I loved all of those, then this book is for you. Okay, now you don't have to take my word for it. Take a look at Curtis M., who reviewed this book, who stated Subsumption was exciting, and I wanted to see where this story was going. Luciano is creating a universe that isn't like anything we know. It's a really hard thing to do, and he pulled it off. So, like he said, it's hard to pull off a great story that's brand new, but Luciano has been able to pull it off. Another reviewer stated, an awesome new high-tech way to explore how society might rise and fall. Elements of sci-fi and post-apocalyptic merge seamlessly. If you like the Wool series, this is a must-read. And that's by Quinn O. So, take those words of advice. Go check out Subsumption, which is in the details and description below in this episode and just click on it and it'll lead you right to Amazon's uh, link for it. So go check it out today please and thank you for listening. Now let's go on to the next episode. Thank you. Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. And today we've got an interesting one. We're going to talk about the boy from Mars. So this is a story that's been out for quite a while, and uh, it's a story about a kid who was born in 1996 in Russia. And I am going to not do well on his name, but <clears throat> his first name is Bariska. Kiprianovich, Kiprianovich. So we'll just go with Bariska for the rest of the story. But um, he talks about how he was born on Mars and belongs to a now extinct Martian race. So uh, this article is on republicworld.com and you can check it out. But uh, the story goes that a young Russian boy uh, started talking about living on Mars. In the past, and he lived in Volograd, Russia, and he started talking about this. In, it looks to be in the early 2000s. He was born in 1996, and his mother is a doctor and claims she always had a feeling that something was special about this young child, uh, and that he's always been a genius ever since he was a, a young boy. She stated at the age of one and a half, he was able to read, draw, and paint. And while Bariska was in kindergarten, apparently they start kindergarten early over there. She states he was in kindergarten at the age of two. His teachers couldn't help but notice his extraordinary ability of writing and his language learning skills. In a 2017 interview, uh, Bariska's kindergarten teachers revealed that he had astonishing memory skills as well. So they were actually interviewed not too long ago, only a few years ago. Um, so his parents claimed that they didn't teach their son anything about space at all. Um, 
but would oftentimes sit with him and and he would talk to them about Mars for hours. So this is interesting because, you know, typically kids have to have seen something, read something, heard something about a location if they're going to make up a story. But in, in Bariska's case, he hadn't even heard about it from his parents or anything else like that. And he started to talk about the red planet more and more. And he began to claim that he was from Mars and had an, an impressive knowledge of planetary systems and space in general. So then he started to talk about the Martian race. And what's interesting here is that there's a lot of similarities to what he talks about in his Martian story, as well as in the Martian story that we heard uh, in one of my earlier podcasts where I talked about um, the 1984 Mars exploration CIA document, which details a remote viewer's experience in viewing uh, Mars 1 million BC, where there was uh, an alien race of 7 to 10 foot tall aliens. So Bariska goes on to kind of confirm that, uh, confirm a little bit of that story, uh, or at least that the, that species that lived on Mars. Uh, so he stated that... Um, <clears throat> The Martian race was seven feet tall, and he claims that he has been sent by the Martian race to save humans from succumbing to a nuclear war and destroying their race. He claims that his own race, which is the Martian race, was virtually wiped out thousands of years ago due to nuclear warfare. Now, in the Martian exploration document, they actually talk about how the Martians that they had encountered through the CIA and through their remote viewer, those Martians told the remote viewer that they're, they were undergoing some climatological change and that they had to leave the planet, that there was just a, a huge windstorm. It looked like, you know, a red windstorm was sweeping through the planet. Now, could that windstorm have been from a nuclear device that had exploded or some, you know, hum, you know, a much more massively powerful nuclear device than what we have, right? And maybe they had some sort of core system, core planetary problems that caused this environmental problem, this environmental change and destruction on their planet. So could it be that, that these stories uh, corroborate each other? It is possible. Um, so Bariska's story is that the Martian race was virtually wiped out thousands of years ago by nuclear warfare. And, uh, he states that Mars is warning earth that humans will suffer the same fate if they do not change their situation regarding our nuclear power struggle. So <clears throat> they are trying to warn us, according to Bariska, that we will suffer the same fate if we do not uh, figure out our nuclear arms issues, which is interesting because we do have a lot of the same issues, right? We, we always talk about how we need to nuclear disarm and, and you know, all these different governments are trying to nuclear disarm and, you know, other governments. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. So continuing further into the story, we talk about Bar uh, Bariska uh, claiming that he is not the only child from outer space, that there are many children like him who have been sent on the same mission 
from outer space, um, and they're called indigo children. Now, indigo children, it, you know, that terminology has been around for a long, long time. It basically refers to children of the stars, right? Star children or or children who are born on Earth with special powers or um, special sensitivities. Um, you know, and it's interesting because these indigo children are supposedly supposed to bring about, you know, the next ascension into our society, the ascension into a different society, the ascension into a more healthy society, spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, mental health wise. Um, and so the indigo children are very interesting. That, that, that terminology has been around for a while. Um, and I'm always, always been fascinated by it because it seems like there's a new generation of these indigo children out there that are bringing about spirituality in a different way. Um, kind of like, you know, the hippie generation of the, you know, the 60s, 70s. And, you know, it was like a huge revolution. And then it kind of like died out. And it seems like we may be undergoing a similar uh, revolution uh, in the near future here. So that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, so Bariska also goes on to state that there are a few more Martians who managed to survive that nuclear war and are still living on the red planet. So that's another interesting portion of this puzzle is that could they still be surviving on the red planet? The red planet's really dead. I mean, I haven't, when every time we see Mover, Mover, Rover footage, there's nothing there. I mean, it's just barren. I mean, there's no plant life. There's no water. I mean, if there is, it's, it's not readily observable from the rover's footage. So, you know, where is this, where's this livable, you know, land? Uh, he states that they are living under the ground, right, in, in bases and things like that. Uh, he also states that Martians are immortals and stop aging, quote-unquote, at 35 years old. And that's what's really interesting to me. You know, he's stating that they're immortal, but they were able to be taken out by a nuclear explosion. So maybe they are immortal as long as they're not physically damaged or, you know, damaged by some explosion or, or you know, environmental uh, destruction, disaster. So he states, of course, uh, they're able to travel off Mars as well and capable of interstellar travel. He said that uh, he remembered what it was like to be 14 or 15 years old on Mars uh, when they were waging wars, and um, he stated he would often have to participate in air raids with his friends in this other lifetime we're talking about. So going back to Bariska as a human, uh, the media reports that he has an IQ of over 200. Now, I've known some smart people and they haven't even been close to 200. I think they've been like in like the 150s, 160s. So if he had a IQ of 200, that's pretty darn high. Um, however, this article states that there was no official confirmation of that. So who knows? But um, Bariska continued to claim that Martians could travel in time and space and would be seen flying around in spaceships, and also claimed that Martian spaceships are very complicated. Well, I'm sure a lot of spaceships are complicated, 
But what's interesting is he states that they can travel in time and space. <clears throat> now, if they could travel in time, why didn't they travel in time back to save Mars before these nuclear disasters happen? That's an important question. Unfortunately, we can't ask Bariska about this because he's not he's not able to be found. Apparently, after he started doing these interviews, um, shortly thereafter, he, he basically booked it with his mother. And people from the West, meaning like the U.S., Canada, have been trying to track him down for years. And they have n not had any success in finding him. So they've they must have gone off the uh, off the grid, you know, and hidden themselves. Whether it was due to too much um, too much media exposure, or they were being bombarded with questions, or being harassed um, by people, um, or just wanted to start a new life uh, out of the spotlight, and maybe change their names, and you know, try to just get regular jobs and just be average people. Uh, which is totally understandable. Uh, that's definitely possible. One of the other really interesting portions of his story is he made a claim about uh, human life changing when the sphinx becomes open. He stated that there's an opening mechanism somewhere behind the ear. Uh, he stated he didn't remember exactly. <clears throat> so that's really interesting. The sphinx is kind of one of these really interesting mysteries you know, high mystery, high questionable uh, portions of our world that we just have no idea about. You know, we know a little bit about the fact that they there's some tombs underneath the Sphinx and, you know, different locked uh, portions of different catacombs underneath there, but um, we still don't know a lot about the Sphinx. So he, he made a claim about that. He also claimed that the Martians breathe carbon dioxide, um, and if they came to our planet, they, would, they wouldn't be able to breathe oxygen. They'd have to breathe uh, through these pipes, apparently, filled with carbon dioxide. But <clears throat> humans breathe out carbon dioxide, right? And we breathe in oxygen. It'd be interesting if Martians breathed out or exhaled oxygen. <laughs> we could almost live symbiotically. Uh, so that's kind of interesting as well. Um, he stated that they could travel in time and space and that they were the ones that actually had triangular aircraft. So I wonder if a lot of these triangular aircraft are, you know, time travelers from Mars or that the triangular aircraft is, is simply just a really popular shape for aircraft. I know that we have the TR-3B and that that's kind of one of our you know, our own created aircraft, but um, that triangular aircraft seems to be very, very popular. So what do you think about Boris's story? Do you think it's true? Uh, again, he disappeared, nowhere to be seen. Who knows where he's at? We can't interview him anymore, so we don't really have a lot of information about him. Um, <clears throat> we can't verify a lot of things, but apparently he was a very intelligent kid, and had never been told about Mars before and just started speaking out about this. One of the really interesting parts of the story as well is that there's a lot of children who do have stories about their previous lives. They can remember their previous lifetimes. 
And if you believe in reincarnation, then you can understand these stories. And when they start to remember these previous lifetimes, they actually go and find their gravesite from these previous lifetimes. And there was no way to be able to, you know, for these kids to be able to get this information, you know, pre-internet <clears throat> to find out any information about these people. They just go to these locations and they say, yep, that's me. That's, that's where I was from. And they have the name, they have like, you know, their, their life, uh, lifetimes, you know, they're born on XYZ date and died on XYZ date. And they have a lot of information about their life and they, they go back through these, you know, the town records and they find out, um, that, you know, the stories that these children have been talking about are actually true. And so some of these children are the indigo children. These, these children have the, the gift of memory, uh, of previous lifetimes, you know, and that's what's really fascinating about the UFO, you know, phenomenon and world is that it, it crosses so many barriers and not only crosses, you know, human alien interaction, but it also crosses human existence and where we're from and what this life really means you know and that's i think what we're all trying to figure out is what does this life mean and that's why we're trying to look to the stars and we're looking towards you know extraterrestrials to hopefully give us the answer for why we're all here uh so maybe the answer lies within some of these indigo children and maybe they can guide us along the way uh, so anyway Maybe I'll try to do a little bit more research and find a little bit more information on the Indigo Children and do a podcast about that as well. So thank you for joining me on this journey. I appreciate it. Hopefully you guys are all taking care of yourselves, staying you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually healthy, taking care of your family and friends uh, during this very difficult time. Uh, focusing on your hobbies and goals and your dreams. I think that's, you know, it's super important. Um, I don't get enough time to get on here and, and do podcasts. So I try to do them at least every couple days for you guys and, um, to stay, you know, focused on my hobbies and goals and dreams as well. Um, so I appreciate you guys taking the time and journey, uh, to come with me. And, uh, as always continue to question the universe around you until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown universe out.